0: What do we expect one rookie receiver to do for the remainder of the season and the 2023 campaign? Which stud AFC South running back may not be available to you in the championship round and is a Week 15 fantasy football hero due for another league-winning performance this weekend? Plus, our good buddy, FFPC Weekly Preview uh, co-host, 10-time FFPC main event and Football Guys League winner, and 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament finalist, Dave Turpoli is going to swing in to discuss who he's rooting for this weekend with $200,000 on the line in that competition. What he knew about Evan Ingram that none of us uh none of us else uh, none of us uh, apparently did uh during drafting season uh, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott and Dave Turpoli are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now.
1: The pressure. I've seen greater men than
2: Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Walkman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome
0: in, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy last Friday of 2022. And welcome into the latest episode. Of the high stakes fantasy football hour. All the Grzak, uh or Grzak and Addicts, I am not doing well tonight, people. We had a false start at the start of uh, uh the show tonight, and I'm still not of one mind. I've been battling something all week. I don't know what it is. But greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs tuning in tonight. It is uh the final episode of the HSFF hour for 2022. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, my co host is the definitive commissioner. Of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be hashing out whether you should be starting Brock Purdy with championships on the line, what to expect from the Eagles quarterback situation in week 17, and FFPC weekly preview co host, 10 time high stakes league winner in the FFPC and 2022 FFPC best ball tournament uh, uh, finalist. Dave Tarpoli is going to help us break down uh, what to do with your 49ers, not named Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle this week. Uh, we'll revisit his Travis ETN love that I know Farrell will want to bring up at some point tonight uh, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Uh, check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com or at KFFSC official on Twitter. Uh, Dave is on Twitter at Dave Turp. You can also email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us. If you have any questions for us, Now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, uh, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer uh, and my best friend, Bryce, and, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Uh, In case you have not joined yet, make sure you are joining the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft, no salary cap in this. Uh, You just choose 10 or 12 players, whichever you want. You can play with the slim format. Without kickers and defenses, or the classic format with kickers and defenses, you can play in a hundred-team contest, a thirty-team contest, or a ten-team contest. And if you do beat out the other nine players in that ten-team contest, you will win a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event, where you can compete for a one million-dollar grand prize. The price points for both or for uh, for the weekly challenge uh, go at thirty-five dollars or two hundred dollars. The same price points we have. For our week, uh, beg your pardon, our playoff challenge is available at myffpc.com. You can play for a $500,000 grand prize in our world-famous FFPC playoff challenge for uh, just $200 and then $100,000 for a $35 entry fee in the Football Guys playoff challenge. Uh, those are available at myffpc.com. It's a beautiful thing. It takes two minutes to set a lineup, and you don't monkey with it throughout the playoffs. You just leave it alone. Uh, you pick your team, and that's who you root for through the duration of the playoffs. It's so much fun. MyFFPC.com is where to uh, sign up for those. In case you missed the RotoViz high stakes slowdown, uh, we had the FFPC main event second place team owner Norm Barron's on this past week on Tuesday, um, who had some interesting things to say about the Buffalo 3, the Go Bills franchise, Don Barani, Sean Stutzman, and uh, Nick Costantino. Um, uh, he had some interesting things to say about their prospects of going back to back in the main event. Um, so you can check that out at RotoViz.com slash podcast anywhere you get podcasts or the FFPC YouTube channel where the video is archived on there. Speaking of this FFPC YouTube video, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, Uh, make sure to share the video with your friends and get notified. So the next time we go live, you will be able to watch it live and participate with the hosts like the one I'm going to bring on right now, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, Farrell, happy early new year to you, man. Uh, Thanks for joining me on this cold December night in Wisconsin. (laughs)
1: Buddy, I, I'm thrilled to be here. You know, you've got to do, like the musicians, you got to do a little warm up. You know, you got to get that, got to get that bulky mouth moving, got to, you know, stretch those vocal cords a little bit. You're going to be okay. <coughs> Thank you. Yeah, I no, they, they, they had a cough. Do yeah. we have a cough button? No, we don't. we don't. If anyone have... ever needed a cough button, it would hold be Hold on, there. hold on. I think, I think I will test the cough button here. Test cough button. Cough button works. Nothing. So cough perfect. Button just right. works. I mean, we, we, we ought to use the cough button because nobody wants you know, I'm so damn tired of hearing people cough, mostly myself. <laughs> yes, you know. What are you drinking tonight? Uh we have some decaf coffee. Oh, uh, gee, there's there's your beginnings of your problems right there.
0: Well, no, I think that should be better for me. You know, normally I, I have some sort of craft beer that that I that I imbibe in during the show, but I feel like this will be better on my system as I'm trying to. Like it's been bad this whole week. I um, just trying. way too much work and and I've been fighting off something. I don't know what it was. Um, i I've, like the last three days, Farrell, I, I went to bed early every single day. And then the last three days I woke up early, I felt great, and then about 1130 30 or noon hits, and I'm like, man, I got nothing left the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, my body is just uh, shutting down.
1: That false morning thing. Yeah, you know, and after the show last week, as I mentioned that I was having uh two bourbons and a um Cough syrup. Half right. A bottle of cough syrup. Yeah. And one of our listeners called me and told me that I shouldn't mix those things. And I said, well, of course I don't mix them. I drink the bourbon over ice and the cough syrup right out of the bottle. I didn't understand what he was talking about. So the, you know, and so he hung up on me, but nevertheless, um, you know, we, we're just all trying to get a little healthier and, and yeah. get this show done. And, you know, nothing makes for a healthy show. Uh, Than having the Dave Turpoli come on, and you know, I, I, I no longer will will refer to him as Dave Turp. It's Dave Turpoli ever Dave since Turpoli. through the magic of, uh, of uh, social media that I had the pleasure of meeting Stassi Turpoli and seeing how that rolls off the tongue. Uh, I, I just I use the 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 full name Turpoli now as I go. We've been talking about him so much,
0: it would seem criminal not to bring him on. You right know, it
1: would be criminal. So let's bring
0: him on. Hopefully, he'll help save my voice tonight. Um, He's a 10 time FFPC main event and football guys league champion. You know him as the co host of the FFPC weekly preview show, which I believe you just saw on this channel about two hours ago, Uh, along with our man Aiden Lacore. He is a finalist for the $200,000 grand prize in the 2022 FFPC best ball tournament. You saw him uh, with much of the pros versus Joe's coverage this year as well. You follow him on Twitter at Dave Turp. Please welcome back onto the program. Dave Terpoli, thanks for hanging out with Uh us tonight, man. It's
3: been a minute, guys. I missed you. (laughs)
0: Hey, And and since we've had you on, you now have a brand new daughter. Congratulations. She's awesome.
3: She is just a a bundle of just awesome. She's great. A month in, just learn as much as we can. She's just doing a lot of pooping, a lot of pooping.
1: Yeah. Um, She's great. I noticed, Balky. There's visual evidence of Turp actually headbutting the child in a picture from <laughs> me. And her headbutting me. <laughs> you know, I, I just it, it's it's amazing. People see that head, they want to hit it. You know, that's all. There I have a big head, have. so I yeah. understand why she wants to smack her around there. Um, I feel like the
0: best way to do this, guys, today, for, uh, Dave. We're going to get into your interview in a second, but we'll 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 do a three way for this fantasy flash, and and we'll just kind of um, roundtable this discussion here. We'll we'll kick things off at a game that I'm currently scheduled to go to on Sunday, although I may be a game time decision unless I get better pretty quick. You better be there. Uh, I, w- I want to be there. I want to like, you know, what's funny is, is, I don't know if you guys know this, but you know, I know I, I opened the show. I said, Oh, it's a chilly December night in Northeast Wisconsin. It's really not. I mean, like in Milwaukee today, it got up to like 60. I mean, I've been in the fifties here and in, in, in the shadows of Lambeau field. This is not, um, seasonable weather for, for Wisconsin right now. And I feel like if it's in the fifties or sixties, it won't even be that cold on Sunday. And maybe I'm that's, of that. I was hoping it was really cold for
3: Viking fades.
0: Right. Well, and that's the thing, like, or, or maybe somebody who has a bad hip, uh, which is Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, he is officially listed as questionable for that game. He, um, if you noticed in the game on Christmas day against Miami, hurt his hip on a tackle towards the end of the first half, never came back in. Um, did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. He had his helmet on for stretching for um, the uh, practice, the media portion of the practice today. And by all uh, um, reports, he did practice. They officially listed with the limited practice. Farrell, I'll kick this, th- th- this off with you. The Viking secondary has not been good unless you are a, have a fantasy receiver going against them. Then they've been great. Um, so Watson, to me, you got to find a way to get in him. But how much does this hip injury scare you? given that this is a guy who has already went down um, early in games this season with different, um, you know, problems with with his body. How much of a risk is there re-injury here? If you have Watson and it's the championship week, what are you doing with them in this great matchup?
1: Mm, You know what, if you have him, you likely believe in this player. The upside is so strong and we're playing in a total points contest. And so if you're not protecting a lead, or at least a top five uh, play. Here's here's the kind of guy that you want to be in business with because he he's the kind of guy that can catch up the lost ground that you need to that you need to catch up. But the flip side is of of what, uh, what Romeo Dobbs brings in this situation. You know, here's a player that after after week three and four we really thought we had something here. You know, back to back touchdowns. 13 catches over those two games and then then the injury and and some play that, that wasn't uh, as competent as that but you know he's back now he looks like he's back in the mix he dropped a, a couple of easy passes early but you know that there's another play um in this situation and and you know he's hit uh, since December 18th 13 catches I, I think that I think that either of those young packer receivers would be a good play this weekend
0: Yeah, Terp, are you seeing it the same way that, you know, given that the Vikings secondary has been very good to fantasy receivers, that you break ties in favor of Romeo Dobbs this weekend?
3: 100%. I don't think personally the Packers can win the game without Watson. I just feel like he does so much for that offense that, I mean, yeah, Dobbs is back, but there's still some questions there. And Alan Lazard is what Alan Lazard is. That has never changed. Um, You're going to need more from Randall Cobb. I don't know if you're going to get it, or they're just going to have to just run the ball. Down Minnesota's throat, I think Watson's just a key. I mean, he practiced limited today. If he's out there, I mean, I love the Packers in the spot. You know, weather or no weather, I just feel like Minnesota is fraudulent, no matter what a lot of people think. Um, so, I'm starting pretty much any of them with confidence against that secondary because we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I mean, the secondary is not good, uh, and Christian Watson, like I said, if you're Farrell said it perfectly. If you're in the 20 spot or like the 15, 16 spot in the main event or football guys and you have Christian Watson, you have to start him because he's a guy, and again, since, you know, if everything goes well, they could put up 30, 30-plus 30 easy, and it's pretty hard to say no to him this week.
0: Um, what about, guys, uh, the, the Thursday night game last night? Um, Traylon Burks, uh, Terp, I'll, I'll throw this to you here. He gets eight targets. He catches four of them for 66 yards. He also – had uh, a 20 yard carry in this game. Now this is with Joshua Dobbs at quarterback, who quite frankly played better than I thought he was that he would have played last night. Um, and and now we're talking about um, next year Ryan Tannehill not being on this team. I don't know if Malik Willis is going to be ready, but Terp, what do you do with a guy like Traylon Burks when you consider that you know best ball drafts are going to be starting with the FFPC in a couple of weeks? How do you treat this guy for 2023?
3: The first thing I do is next time I'm in Vegas next year I'm probably going to owe somebody a steak dinner because being <laughs> injured and stuff I don't forget my bets and Robert Woods wasn't much better but it's <laughs> going to be him overall.
1: Well it, it, you know and you're you're exactly right he wasn't much better and last night he dropped a, a but pass but he's still the better and it's still direction going to of the off. game but just so you know the score in that is uh, receptions <laughs> Woods 49 um uh, I knew Perks, you would have these stats. 29. It's
3: out of the way right off the top. You know
1: what in, what in the Josh Dobbs is going to happen to pick up those 20 catches uh in next week? I don't in know. In a miracle. God bless you. You know, miracles, miracles do, miracles happen, do happen season for miracles. And you know, uh, both of them together have accumulated two touchdown
3: passes, one each this year. It's Which very impressive. Awesome. That passing game is so bad. Derrick Henry it, without them they might be the worst team in football.
1: And Back you to know, Burks. As Burks next look, year,
3: if he gets a good quarterback, is it's a big if.
1: Well, I mean, you, right. you talk about next year about these two players, and Burks looked good doing it last night, guys. But the, you know, you you just look at the numbers. Uh, Chargers, Tampa, Dolphins—they throw the ball two hundred more times than Tennessee Titans. You, you yep. go down the next crew, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati. New York Jets even, yep. 125 to 150 more passes a year. Uh, what massive. is this this, this, this? this passing game is a fugazi, and so mm-hmm. Burks won't have his opportunity. Might be the worst in football. Yeah, you know, it, 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 so it, it, it just – I will let someone else take that risk with Burks, and, uh, you know, I thought Woods would elevate uh, just probably numbers of receptions alone. I was wrong. Uh, we had him at 7580 we both are wrong but yeah it, it there was just nothing there and i don't think it's ever going to be there the passing game what what existed of this passing game in the coaching staffs moved to atlanta and we're left with what we have here and there's no passing game here now they can make hires over you know over the season and this Dobbs which is a joy to watch, he may change and, great and, story but not an NFL starting quarterback. It's uh, yeah there there's nothing here in this it it's very unusual that you can take a, a segment of the offense at one whole team and say there's nothing there. But that's truly what the Tennessee Titans passing game was. 100%. The there is a potential out in Ryan Tannehill's contract um after this season if the
3: Titans Get out of it.
0: if the Titans do indeed let him go um, they're left with Dobbs. They're left with Malik Willis, who was a third round pick this past year. Not really convinced that a third round pick uh, that the franchise views him as as their future franchise quarterback. But there should be some quarterbacks changing teams uh, this year. Maybe they can, you know, get a stopgap guy in there that can make Traylon Burks worthwhile. But I'm with Farrell. I'm, I'm probably going to let somebody else draft Burks next year. I was not really all that high on him coming into the uh, into the NFL draft. And then when he ended up in Tennessee, I liked him even less. I, I, I will admit this. He He's flashed some some talent that I thought I would not see from him in year one. I thought he was more of a raw receiver. I was clearly wrong on that. Um, so the, the future can be bright with Burks even as soon as next year. But he's got to get a, a halfway decent quarterback in there right now. And as Terp said. And an offensive-minded offensive coordinator. He's not just going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry. It's another good time. point, it's too. It's not okay. a winning formula. Yeah, you guys both brought that up for sure. I mean, they've run the ball a ton. They just don't pass it. Um, let's, uh, let's go to Seattle. Tyler Lockett had um, a finger. I believe he had finger surgery, right? Now, he's questionable to face the Jets this week. He went through the Seahawks walkthrough on Wednesday but got a DNP. Then he returned to practice on Thursday, got the questionable tag today. NFL Network's Mike Garifalo said that Lockett is expected to play in, a, you know, quite frankly, not a great matchup against the Jets secondary. But Farrell, what are we doing with Lockett? Because this is a guy that we, by and large, have started every single week this season. Now we're faced with another tough decision here. Do we play Lockett coming off the finger surgery? Just, you know, two weeks removed from that finger surgery in a tough matchup where he's probably going to be the second, uh, second target behind DK Metcalf. Uh,
1: if, if you would check with Dave Tripoli's running buddy, uh, Armand Armani, and see where he has that uh, drafting of Lockett last year, because I believe the fantasy football world, including myself, has continued to sleep on this player. You're, 100%. You're, you're dealing with a guy here that, that – If he does play this week and next week, he'll go over a 1,000 yards for the fourth year in a row, and he's going to catch more balls this year than he caught last year. I guess fantasy players just thought that this player wouldn't be successful without Russell Wilson at the helm defeating the ball. I don't know what we were thinking, but I didn't draft him enough, and I would would have to have got him late and have an embarrassment of riches at the position – are very good tight ends to put into a dual flex to leave this player on the bench. Because I think he's tough as nails. I think he'll be the best nine-fingered receiver in the league, and that might be better than some of the others. And it uh, uh, it would be very difficult at this point in time to put that player uh, on the bench.
0: Um, Tyler Lockett, according to FantasyMojo.com, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joe's contest, Anytime we bring up ADP data, it's always from him. Uh, In the main event, when the main event closed on opening weekend, Tyler Lockett was going off the board as wide receiver 46 at the (laughs) 905. (laughs) Um, Ironically, you know the receiver that went at right after him on average? Traylon Uh, Burks. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah, I'll just give you a few of the guys that were going ahead of Tyler Lockett in drafts. Robert Woods. Another guy we just talked about went ahead of him. <laughs> Kadarius Tony, there you Bernard, go. Just not
3: mention that name.
0: Um, Hunter Renfro was. Go- Alan Robinson That's was going ahead of him. Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, Michael Thomas, Rashad Bateman, Yuck. Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, the list goes on. Um, so interesting stuff there uh, with with uh, Tyler Lockett. The Terp, you you're of the same mind as Farrell with Lockett, right?
3: One hundred percent. Again, if you have Tyler Lockett, you're using him this week. Yeah. Sauce should be on DK. So, I mean, you should get pretty much lock it Roman free. I mean, obviously he has to be able to catch the ball with that finger issue. So that's definitely a, a worry, but my guess is if he's out there, he has no issues. So he, he's starting with confidence. Um, let's talk about another guy that
0: um, I don't know if anybody's starting him with confidence this week. It's Chris Olave. He's uh, dealing with a hamstring, which is never good for a receiver. He got in limited practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, but this is going against Terp's Eagles. Uh, again, not a good matchup here. Olave has flashed, um, but I don't know how confident you can be starting this guy uh, in this matchup. Um, Olave probably got you there, so maybe you flex him out. But, guys, I'm I'm trying to do what I can to not start Chris Olave in my leagues this week. Turk, what do you think?
3: I agree. I mean, it's, it's not a great spot. A team that, you know, obviously just got gutted by the Cowboys, you know, on Christmas Eve. They're they're coming home. They need the win to get home field advantage with the backup quarterback. Hertz is not playing. So there's definitely, you know, emphasis on getting this win. I don't see there being any way you start any Saints. Kamara, Tayson Hill, Alave, definitely none of the other guys. Um, I just feel like Eagles go in there and, and, and make the statement that they need to make, get the win, get out of there, and get ready for two games in Philly. I, I can't start Alave unless – I mean, you, your options would have to be really, really bad. Farrell, what
0: about you? I, I don't know how many Olave
3: teams that you have. Uh, yeah, a, you
1: a couple, and he was one of my targets in, in Dynasty, but I, I feel the same way. They it, it, it ran a stat by us recently. I think I might have mentioned it on the show, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But uh, quarterback rating uh, against the Eagles' corners is similar to if the quarterback would throw the ball into the dirt every time. This has been a great defense and has been everything about it. Uh, is is pointing everything about it for the Saints points wrong this weekend. If the game was in New Orleans, I would feel different. I don't know about I don't know about not playing Kamara. That's the only thing that, that I might disagree with. Well, what Mr. Tripoli, what has
3: Kamara shown you in the last I don't know since the Raiders game? That would give you any confidence outside. Um, of team, personally, I'm about him.
1: No, he has not been used properly. Again, it it comes down to a situation
3: of what you have. Of and course, you running to, acquisition is gutted as it is. Yeah,
1: you you had to spend some money on. Um, of course, you had to spend some money on Kamara or draft position to get him. So, uh, you know, people. I I don't want people saying, "Oh, those guys said don't start Kamara, so let's let's fire up Josh Kelly." You know, maybe, you know, so it's, it's, there's, yeah, I'm with you on this. I'm, um, I'm, I'm very thrilled to see what the Eagles have done this year. And I think the biggest thing, tip of the cap to the Eagles front office and, and Dave Tripoli will remember when your general manager got a lot of side eyes around the league, he was, he was not well accepted when he got into the league and he had not be, anymore. Yeah, you know, it's just a complete different thing now. And congratulations to him who went out and got an old school backup quarterback. He has a great Arnold quarterback. He went out and got a he went out and got a backup quarterback and, come the bench and win a game. And not only is that important for his football team, but everyone that had Philadelphia Eagles um in the uh in their lineups could uh, benefit from knowing to trust him, including Balky, you know, the, the only bad call you had last week was on the uh, Devontae Smith uh, setting him. And, and we said, no, 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 you got to get that player in the lineup. And, you know, the, the thing about it is it's probably one of the most underrated players this year has been Miles Sanders. And, and you know, David uh, a is uh, holding a bit of a grudge against Miles Sanders because he saw those zero TDs. And every I time did. I'd be watching Red Zone because I think uh, I think uh bulky were at twelve touchdowns for miles sanders eleven rushing touchdowns I would I you know Terp, every time uh every time Sanders was was score I say I wonder if Dave Tripoli's seeing that one and
3: uh, I uh, actually I have him in a there. lot of spots but I don't have him as much as I should have obviously what a year I didn't what I a year. get through zero touchdowns it's hard to for but anybody out you there you go but. you go
1: zero running backs and you take Jacobs Miles Sanders and Williams from up in Detroit, You're and you, you you'd be just sitting right where you need to be, right? So it's exactly where you need to be. You know,
0: and, and it wasn't just the the no touchdowns thing. Remember, like if you remember back this summer, Miles Sanders told fantasy players, "Don't, Don't draft, draft me." Him. Don't tra- <laughs> I mean, he's telling people not to draft him, and and maybe it's just like, in fantasy football. He, he just wanted to find out who his true fans were. Anybody who, who drafted Miles Sanders. Um, Turf, we have, we have delayed this long enough. Let's, let's talk about your big week here. Um, being a finalist, uh, one of 63 finalists in the 2022 FFPC best ball tournament. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. You are going for $200,000 grand prize. So congrats Thank on, you. on doing that. And tell us what a little bit about what the ride's been thus far. Have you followed this? Um, I believe this is peanut butter Jalen time. Is, is correct. The team, yeah. Right. Have you been following this specific best ball entry throughout the season or just when it started
3: advancing? So I'll I'll start from the beginning. I drafted this team with one of my best friends, Lamar. Lives in Colorado. Has never played in the FFPC before. Sent out a text to all my friends like right before everything, and I was like, does anybody want to do a draft? You know, you guys can do most of the draft. I'll put my two cents in. Obviously overrule you if I think you're doing something stupid. So we talked like the week before, and – all he cared about was Javante Williams, Mark Andrews, and Derrick Henry. And if anybody has watched these shows, there's three players that I hate, hated <laughs> this year and didn't want any of them. So we argued and argued and argued all week. He could send me text messages about I'm gonna go take two tight ends. And I was like, just relax. It's gonna be okay. So we get there, we're picking 12. Wasn't wasn't crazy about it. Mark Andrews goes eleven. He was the guy that out of the three, I was like, All right, if Mark Andrews is there, you can take him, but that's it. Mark Andrews goes eleven, was Pumped, was excited. So then we took Diggs and Saquon Barkley. He really didn't want Saquon Barkley, but I kind of like forced him into doing it. After that, it kind of We, have, we have, Obviously, I will go through the lineup here soon. But since then, like the first, like I'd say seven weeks of the season, we were way above everybody else. Like nowhere, nobody was close to us. So he was all juiced up. We were at a wedding in October and he was like, yeah, you know, we're going to take it. We're winning it all. And I'm like, all right. Well, after that wedding, I don't know what happened, but I don't think our, score, our team scored 50 points for, like, five weeks in a row. So, like, going into the last week before the cutoff, we never really – I mean, I did, it wasn't a team I was looking at. We were in fifth place in the league. Like, no 60 points, I think, plus behind. Like, not even really thinking, like, all right, this, this team might sneak in. Evan Ingram went nuts. Trevor Lawrence went nuts. We faded a couple things on Monday night when Kyler tore his ACL. So we get in great. Obviously in the first week, FFPC, you got to be in the top two. We were third going into Monday night football. We needed AJ Dillon against the Rams. He got it done. So we move on. And then I looked at the rosters of the top 12 teams that we faced in the, in the, you know, round that was last week. And some of these teams are just disgusting. Like no injuries, like nothing, like no problems. Like you see some of these baseball teams. How do you survive without injuries? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like This team's just, like, nasty. So looking at the lineups, we have Thursday night. We have Trevor Lawrence in, in that disaster with Zach Wilson. Lawrence did good. Ingram did great. We also have Marvin Jones, but he, he's kind of irrelevant. And then we get there. You know, we, Everything's going well. And we're second place going into s- Saturday was all the games. We had Devonta Smith, Gallup. That all worked out. So we get to Sunday. Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. All well, the three games on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And We needed AJ Dillon to pass Chubba Hubbard, who's on our team, he got passed by like a point, so that was good. And it, it'll come back, at, you know, later on in, in all of this. But then we had we were fading Tyreek Hill, we were fading Jalen Waddell, failing to it, fading to it. And that first half was just like, I mean, come a, on, like, a disaster, disaster, like it couldn't have went any worse. So then I, I'm literally driving to Christmas or Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, I don't remember what day it was. I'm just like, all right, whatever happens, happens. Like, it's probably not meant to be. Like, and then Tua just implodes in the second half. So then we go to the, the Denver game. And Hill and
0: Waddle do, like,
3: nothing in the second half. Nothing, secondhand. nothing. Yeah. And literally, A.J. Dillon gets me to where I need to get to. So then it comes down to Cam Akers, and it comes down to the Greg Dolchitz. And most people are thinking, like, why? I'm in there, like, people are unwrapping gifts, taking pictures, playing with my daughter. I'm in there watching 45-7, the last drive, praying that Dolce doesn't catch the pass. Because we don't know at that point that that would eliminate us. But if he catches another pass, we're out. Based off everything. So then, all right, fine, cool. We survived that. I I kept texting him. I was like, dude, I need a new pair of underwear. because I'm running out. This is just getting a little too crazy for me. Like We have to – all these phagers. We're not not even done yet. So we get to the Tampa game, Tampa, Arizona, and James Conner – I think he was four or five guys that owned him at a 12. So he was a big fade. So, of course, if you watch the whole game like I did, every single freaking play, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you'll you'll figure it out eventually. James Conner, they go to overtime, and I'm just like, he gets one, I think it's like 1.6 points or something like that, two points. They get the ball first. Thankfully, Tampa Bay stops them, and they just implode, and then Brady just does Brady. James Conner scoring two points would eliminate us. Let me survive and get the Monday night and we need 30, I think it was 30 or so points from Austin Eckler to get us. There was other people in there, but they're really irrelevant. Eckler does nothing. The first half. I'm just like, all right, texting like it's our time. And then Eckler scores a touchdown. And Eckler scores another touchdown. I'm like, all right, it's seven points. And like, I know this game's pretty much over, but thankfully, Eckler didn't get there. We finished in third, right on the line. Now we're living the dream this week.
0: Living the dream. That's a lot. What a sweat. What a I mean, Christmas it, weekend
3: sweat. It was crazy. Um.
0: So, you know, I know that you have looked at your what what had to happen for you guys to move on. Have you combed through any of
3: the other lineups here? I've looked at every sin- single one of the 63 lineups. Yeah, he's, he's
1: already
0: told. I know everybody that I have Butters- to
3: feed. So, so, okay, so who
0: is – like okay, I don't want to necessarily know the fades, but who are the guys that are unique to your squad that can really deliver this two hundred grand to you?
3: Mike Williams, I am the only owner that owns him. One person at sixty three, he is my golden ticket. Like I was shocked when I saw it. You know, looking looking at all the you know the rosters and stuff, and like you know doing all the math and seeing who owns who and stacks and all that stuff, was shocked. Is it the greatest matchup? No, but he is definitely a guy that could go nuclear one of these games. Uh, besides that, Chuba Hubbard is another the, guy. Is it that, the
0: Sunday night game too this week? I think so.
3: I think um, so. So,
0: yeah, so Mike Williams in primetime. That could be – wow. I, that think could be a, that's,
3: I think they might have flexed it out, but I could oh, they be did, wrong. they didn't? Okay, all right. It's still a 4 They're o'clock dead. game, so it'll be a later game. But he is definitely the, the guy that – I mean, if you look at all the rosters, like some guys who have low ownership, he's a guy that I was very, very surprised – um, and, and definitely it com- it's going to come down to Monday night with us because another, another team that I was shocked as low owned is we have all Buffalo. We have Allen, we have Diggs, and we have Knox. and Allen and Diggs are, they only have six out of 63. So we could be dancing. I just, like I said, I was on the show earlier and I said, just give me a point total that I know I have to get to. And no matter what it is, just knowing that 60 points from Diggs and, and, Knox or 80 points an and now I don't care what it is just give me a number that in my brain that I know that all right I gotta fade T Higgins because he's high owned, and I can get that number and we got a chance is all I ask for I got it I got well, it
1: congratulations to you buddy. you know, I think this is one of the best formats of all FFPC events I couldn't
3: agree more I mean
1: it, it, it's I'm in one of the never too early's and and I just I, I missed it your success story I have the flip side of that but it was great you know to be sitting in and and Balky, I'll tell you who's in this group with with Turp of course you would recognize all the all the names but I have two great teams to work uh, to root for the Dave Tripoli team. And what's your partner's name in this? Lamar Armstrong. Armstrong. He's getting right, married yeah.
3: next year. Shout out to him. You know, he said, he said you sent an like email. The crown. I was like, you got this. And
1: Lamar, he, you're lucky you got that email. Dave Tripoli said, I sent an email to all my friends. I, I just did it. He was brief. the only one
3: that answered. I just himself. did a brief
1: search and I did not get an email. Balky, I don't know about You'll you. You'll get I, one next I, year. I just, don't worry. I didn't get an email now, but i tell you what, another game. great friend. Uh, that is in this group of 63 is one Craig Campbell uh, guest on the show and, 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 great KFFSC player. Hey, there's a question I want to ask. Um, I, I can't wait any longer to get to it. I, you know, there's there, bulky teased. What did you know about
3: Evan Ingram that we didn't? And I Evan would like Ingram to, was one of my most highly owned tight ends. Yes.
1: And I would like to put into effect. That you did not know a damn thing about Evan Ingram. That you, that quite honestly, Evan Ingram gave you four games of not just one catch, but one target. No. Evan Ingram couldn't find the end zone if Travis Etienne face blocked and Gronk slammed the entire defense and pointed to it. However, he has had during this last three, maybe four weeks, a transformation of sorts. And this kind of reminds me of what your coach at Jacksonville did exactly when he was in Philadelphia is you never knew which player was going to stand out there. It's and I would true. say that's the only thing that you knew about Evan Ingram is it might happen sometime, but you've got to know. What it sometime.
3: Peterson loves the tight end. Yeah, he, he, he loved the all the other tight there. ends.
1: He loved all the other tight ends and double-digit weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that if you had started Evan Ingram, it wouldn't matter what he wouldn't did. Wouldn't matter at time. all. All right. That, we never have used him. That. Balky, if you have any further further questions about well, Ingram.
0: The only thing I will say is that if, if – because I was looking over all the Terps teams, not just the best ball but the main event, football guys, everything – and I can't remember who your number one owned player was, but the number two player that you own right now um, was, was Evan Engram, and, which surprised me uh, uh, that, me that he would be your number two, not tight end, oh, but like overall player. Um, listen – I, I I'm not I'm not an Evan Ingram guy, but
3: clearly I wouldn't be he, here without Evan Ingram. That's the oh, point I, I want to bring up. Here's oh, now here's I'm now here's not, not anyway like victory lapping Evan Ingram because right. early in the season you, you would have you would be victory lapping
1: if you didn't have Evan Ingram. You he's would a a best, already he's be a best at the ball top player. Of the he's without best Evan, ball player.
3: Ingram. E- Evan Ingram dragging you down. Let's clarify something. Next week, if if Evan Ingram gets me to the promised land and I win. I will come back on this show and victory lap him a hundred times well, in you, circles. Well, you'll
1: you'll have to come back on this show because see, this is not like Roto-Viz. Here, like Balky says, he looks at all your teams. We're auditing your stuff. them all. you going to see, a lot, see a lot of bad ones. I you your kid. You know, I I can catch you headbutting your kid on Facebook. Yeah, here, most here. The, most of the ones that I
3: drafted on this show
1: weren't good. Here, well, one you know, well, We just we got you out of your you know we got you out of your comfort zone. We did. Um,
0: all right, so so I guess the the thing that we're gathering here was that he was never a target for you, Terp, but when you were looking for a tight end late, um, you, you 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 stumbled upon. That's pretty much what I did
3: most of the year. I faded the top tight ends, and then just in best ball, just drafted a bunch of them. I like Ingram's talent. I like the fit. You know, they they went out and got him early in free agency, obviously with Peterson. Did it work out early in the season? No, Working did it work there. out when it mattered, of course.
0: All right, so let's talk about uh, um, a, a guy I don't know if you're necessarily worried about for best ball, but maybe to help out some of the viewers. Antonio Gibson is officially out. Do you have to find a way to get Brian Robinson in your starting
3: lineup against a bad Cleveland Browns rush defense? I feel like you have to. I mean, I feel like there's really no other I – mean, if you have him, you're starting him, and you're starting him with confidence. I mean, he's a guy that I would love personally to own this week. Um, and and especially against that defense, which is just dreadful against the run.
1: Hmm. Dreadful defenses against the run. They're all in the similar uh, AFC division um, and on the schedule versus the Jacksonville Jags. I thought, and one of the guys that you really, really backed, and you you brought me very much over to your side. Was Travis at the end? When I got to Las Vegas uh, in the main event, I, he was just going too high. I couldn't grab him soon enough based on where my draft spot was, but I I wanted to fill this player in with rosters everywhere, and I was really glad to get him. And when James Robinson moved out, we said, "Oh, it's the Holy Land. It's been good." I still Not don't think. I still don't think we've seen the right Etienne that we're going to see in the future. I agree. But but it it's it's good. Uh it's been good, not great. I mean, what, what uh okay. Amongst your winning teams, has Etienne been an element of that? No. Okay. Well that's and because you had to give so much for him or because when you drafted him, you said, okay, I'm good at running back now so I can build other positions. I
3: drafted him a lot as my number one running back. Gotcha. So did he did he perform to that price when I took him no. pretty much over AJ no. Brown, Tyree kill guys like that? No. Well, I, will, can't blame him. I can't
1: can't I blame you for taking him. And I, I think we'll, I just wonder if I wonder if drafting early if he will uh, if he won't carry such a strong price next year. All right. So
0: so let me point out a couple of things on that. So number one, Turf, he was going in the third round. You said you targeted him in the third round a lot last year. He went off as the running back 14. Currently in FFPC scoring he's running back 18. I don't think that's necessarily
3: a bust. Okay. Definitely not not a bust. Just not what I expected.
0: Not what you expected. I get it. Now, uh, since Farrell loves me bringing up the better sports network, I had to record a better sports network. Uh, Yes, exactly. And I had to record a promo for a prediction for 2023. And I went a little bold to have some fun with it. I said, Josh Allen wins the MVP next year. Okay. You say bulky. That's not bold at all. Well, here's the connection. I think Josh Allen, wins the MVP, but I think he loses in the AFC Championship in Orchard Park to none other than the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, at the hands of Trevor Lawrence, who also garners some MVP votes next year. And I think Travis Etienne, this is my big, bold prediction, and I think Terp has either poisoned my mind or enlightened my mind on this. I don't know which way yet. I said Etienne would finish as a top three running back next year in FFPC scoring. Um, I sign off on that. I know you do. Obviously, I know you do. You're already the president of the fan club. But I'm just saying trying to phone. get this but, guy at a bargain yeah.
1: price, guys. I
0: really I, I did. I you said someone to I said
3: something on the show that I got criticized a, a long time ago. If Tony Pollard is the number one running back in Dallas, there's no Zeke. They finally decide he's dusty. I would take Tony Pollard as the number one overall running back in fantasy football next year. And, and you know what? And,
0: and, and, I feel like I remember you saying that, Turp, but I feel like I've heard versions of that from other people too. Of like, I, I, not I, original, a, Dave, I'm not original, Dave. There's a lot. Saying. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm might saying have I'm the, the
3: first one that said it. Turp
0: might have been the uh, first guy I heard Number I said I would take
3: him number one overall in drafts. Right.
0: Yes. Um, okay. A guy who went number one overall in some drafts this year was Christian McCaffrey. He started the season on the Panthers. He's entering the season on the Niners. You're starting him this weekend against the Raiders. You don't watch a show to know that same thing with George Kittle. But what about a guy like Brandon Ayuk in championship week, knowing that Debo Samuel has officially been ruled out, knowing that Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy has that offense operating at a pretty high level. Terp, what do you think about Ayuk against Farrell's Raiders in week 17?
3: It's really, really hard to start Iuke with confidence. I mean, Raiders are pretty much doing nothing. I mean, they, they're benching everybody. There's absolutely tons of worry. I mean, Derek Carr did not deserve to be benched. I'm not saying he played well this year, but he definitely did not deserve any anything of what he got. You know, being away from the team now, like Jared Stidham, like, what, what are we doing? I just feel like the 49ers go in there. They just, it's a first half game and they pretty much just blow them out and then just pretty much rest most of the guys. I feel like you can find him. I love IU. Was a big fan of IU all year, but you just need so many things to go right for him to get to that number. So to me, he's a sit this week.
0: Um, what about the what about the Eagles? I, I mean, is it going to be Gardner Minshew this week? Terpich. Hurts is not better.
3: playing. He's doubtful. I mean, they said he could play again if it was a the playoffs. There's really no reason for him to play. I mean, I feel like they should have no issues with the Saints team, who's pretty much mailed it in. Um, so you obviously start in brown smith all those guys with with confidence but Hertz is he's 18 out of 63 in the best ball thing which is shocking to me mm,
0: yeah that is pretty surprising there's a lot sure. of
3: teams with no quarterbacks this week between two of him and just a couple other guys who've been out it's, it's very surprising that's crazy that's
0: and and how did the how did the hurts teams advance i had so many hurts teams advanced there's like a hurts there
3: team i saw last week that put up like 190 without any quarterback at all. That's insane. That's that just shows true. you the talent else, elsewhere. Tyler Higby helped that. Well, that's not. I don't know where Tyler Higby came from last week, but yeah, he's another
0: You know what, guys? Uh, Monday night uh, – was that Monday night football? Yeah, Packers-Rams, uh, Monday night. Um, ESPN came back from a break, and the Rams had the ball right around the 10-yard line or so, and ESPN put up a graphic. Uh, Rams, only team in the NFL to not throw – have a passing – Touchdown to a tight end this season. That's right. And ever since they threw up that graphic, the very next play, Higby caught a touchdown and he has not stopped catching touchdowns since he's that graphic. Been, he's going to finish the season
3: with like 11
1: touchdowns.
0: He to might be even
3: finishing the top 10 of tight ends because if you think about it, okay. tight end position this year has been terrible. He is
1: being cursed, but you know, he's got a new quarterback. A new quarterback likes a tight end. You know, you got to find somebody to catch the ball out there. 100%. Uh, Turp, you've done a great job uh talking about uh, not only your because we prodded you and, and, and you've talked about your successes, but you've done a great job talking about um, guys that you missed on. Uh, and I think this is a time of the year, you know, if, if you have a win rate of 30 or 40%, percent you still got 70 to 60% of guys you missed on or guys you you didn't put together correctly. I was actually able to find a lineup this week where uh, Friar had three 19 point games when I left him on the bench of every one of them. I oh. don't know what I was thinking there.
3: When you look but back at some
1: of these things, it, it's painful. It's don't just, it's, you don't know, it's, it. looking back is unhealthy, but you know, I have a holy trinity of ideas uh, for 2023 for you, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, that that will lead to your success. First of all, is uh, don't draft Broncos. No, 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 no. Be be patient. I'm I'm talking slow because I really I need some caffeine and some bourbon. And I, by the way, we're gonna have some bourbon when we go to dinner on our on our bet.
3: Um, don't worry, I'll they, be there.
1: They have re- they have uh, reserved a bottle of pappy for us. At, I don't even know what that is, but whatever. Uh, oh, pappy, Van be winkle. That's the that's it the Turp, there We're going to get you out of the east. That's part of the Trinity. We're going to get you out of the east this year. We're going to get you experience. I mean, it's kind of like that's it, it, kind of like me saying I'm going coming to Philadelphia and saying oh, I've never heard of the Liberty Bell, but that's okay, Turp. <laughs> or Sorry. a cheesesteak. You're right? a cheese steak. Yeah, <laughs> <I didn't> even <laughs> better. Talk. But okay, Turp. Um. I am also uh, going to treat someone to dinner that night because not only are you taking me but I'm taking Balky and all three okay. of us are going to be there. So it's going to be it's oh. going to be a great great evening. Okay. Gee. Terps Holy Trinity. Return Farrell's phone calls a little bit more effectively. Always <laughs> get around right to it, but come in quick. Uh, the the other uh, rule 2 of the Holy Trinity is 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 don't hold a grudge against former players especially Eagles and and number three is to draft more teams in Kentucky, starting with our. You got, you got me one. You got our, one. Yeah, you you did. I told you yeah. I'd be back. You drafted one. Start off do five home, you, win a game after that. We do expect you to return, but we want the the effervescence of your personality in the room, and, and I, we'd love to have it during Super Bowl weekend, I will, I, and I we would love to have it in the league.
3: I don't know if I will ever commit to going to Kentucky. <laughs> The uh, know, I'm not gonna, you're gonna going to give you any there. false hope there. Yeah,
1: you're, 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 gonna, you're, you're gonna be, gonna me be this year, it'll
3: either be Kentucky or Vegas. And well, no, you get to,
1: to go to, to both places, places. Yeah. you're a yeah. legend in Las Vegas.
3: Just stay in Kentucky
0: and then don't even go back to Philly and then just go out to Vegas from Kentucky. I love that. I
3: love the thought process. Plenty I need to do My, my gonna sign bit. off on that with it, with a baby.
1: Well, uh, we can
3: talk to you. Can talk to her, try negotiate with her. Good luck.
1: Okay, is there anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, you know, let's highlight it. Terps, adventures, and failures in drafting from 2022. That number Now one. that you're following the golden trinity, the triangle of success, that you won't have in 2023. So we might as well revisit them here
3: as the, as the year comes to a close. There were a lot of mistakes. I'm not going to sit here and say they weren't. But can you think
1: of one glaring one? I mean, I gave you Friar Muth. Portland,
3: Portland Sutton was one of my
1: number oh, one gosh
3: players. Jesus. Massive, just disaster <laughs> in Denver. Just complete meltdown. Elijah Moore, massively owned guy, just completely just was a disaster. Injuries hurt me with Trey Lance. Injuries hurt me with Rashad Bateman. Injuries hurt me with Traylon Burks, and just inefficiency at the quarterback position. You were never a Jonathan Taylor guy, even if you had one. Never drafted him. Jonathan Taylor guy. Outside of a couple best ball teams, never drafted him in any big leverage spot. Did you have Cooper Cup anywhere? He was not, he was another guy that I was not on. So injury I, like, I injury I situations,
1: do I remember? And Balky, I you may remember this, but um, Raider tight end Waller, I, I kind of remember you being down on him, not on him either. Uh, on yeah, but
0: okay, so here's the stupid thing the, the reason why you think I was down on him, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the show. Um, I made a bet with the commish because we got into a heated argument about Darren Waller and a tight end I'll I'll mention shortly who is and who's arguing with you the commish Bryce commish Bryce and I. oh commish Bryce
1: okay yeah, yeah, we, Bryce it, crazy. Not,
0: not you commish I'm sorry Bear me
1: there for a minute
0: yeah not you um but yeah Bryce and I got into a heated debate which we don't really get into a whole lot of and I don't know at the time what I was thinking but we made a bet of and quite frankly I haven't checked to see who won this bet um but we made a bet uh, who's to have more FFPC points this year, Darren Waller, which is what he said, which is why you probably thought I was down on him. You know who I took Kyle Pitts, who is obviously, a I mean, just a massive, massive disappointment. Massive so bust. I think, I think that's, I got to check that. Uh it Might be close. I'm sure it is close. And obviously Pitts is out for the year and Waller is playing this weekend. Um, I think he still won, but well, we'll see. I don't know but I got to revisit that because we had, I think we had a, we might had a steak dinner or or something of that ilk on it. I'm not really sure what we were wagering, but I got to look back on that. So I wasn't necessarily down on Waller this year. I was just down on him. I was for sure down on him versus Pitts at some point in drafting season.
1: My rookies guys were who I was proud of. But bulky and I talked early on about, um, how much we liked uh, the, the running back, the rookie running back up the Jets, but how much I liked Walker out of yeah. Seattle. And I, I didn't like see Walker. that. I didn't see that bigger separation amongst them. And, uh, you know, I still don't. I was very, very happy with Walker. And I tried to get everyone to join me on the bandwagon about Dulwich, Dulcich at Denver. And uh, some of the guys in Kentucky did, but very few people did. And uh, because he started injured, that wasn't one that I expected to come this far. I never was a Burks guy, but my guy that I failed with, who I really liked and watched him at the Senior Bowl and did all, Jalen Tobert. Apparently, Jalen Tobert did not there? even find the stadium. We've got other, you know, we got other rookie wide receivers that are doing things like Romeo Dubs. I was, I was giving him. Uh, he he ended up being drafted at our Super Bowl event. Before he was even drafted by uh, by Green Bay, Uh, the uh, but yeah, Tolbert looked the part and looked the part in camp for two weeks.
3: And then what happened? uh, He just literally fell off the face of the earth. Uh, apparently, I would go somewhere.
1: That's the story still to be told because he's he's been buried on that practice squad for the entire year, and they they've needed some help at the position. But it also even
3: gave him a chance.
1: Yeah, and uh, boy, they they sure gave T. Y. Hilton a chance. You talk about a team that he's taking advantage you know, of it. You know, you talk about a team that knows what you can do to sign a player to make your players better. And yeah. you you think about what that kind of player might have done in a locker room at the New York Jets or. You can think of a variety of teams that he might have been able to help along the way this season, but I was glad to see that he found a home. But those were my two young guys, Walker and, and dulich who I don't think a lot of other people were on. But I was proud to be on them.
0: I'll, I'll tell—I'll give you the Holy Trinity of mistakes for me this year,
1: and none of them
0: involve <laughs> specific. Well, one of them involves a specific player. I'll lead off with that. Um, I freely drafted Najee Harris when everybody was letting him fall to sometimes a second round. <laughs> And I was of the opinion of, like, look, this guy wasn't efficient last year and he was awesome because of the volume. Right. And then this year, uh, it didn't happen. He was inefficient again and he was a massive bust. I'm never going to make the volume mistake again. Well, until 2023, when I probably <laughs> will make the volume mistake again. Right. But the two other things, um, and I've shared this on the show before, I will, a lot of people will draft a, a top three or top four quarterback and then they won't draft a, a quarterback the rest of the way. I take that to the next level where I'll draft a top 11, 12, 13 quarterback, and I won't draft a backup quarterback the rest of the way. Not making that mistake again, thanks to guys like Dak Prescott early on in the season and then Matthew Stafford later in the season. Really train wrecked uh, a lot of my teams because people are shrewd. And there just Trey wasn't – what... early in the
3: season? I mean, Trey Lance is going. another one,
0: yep. Yeah, I, although I didn't have him on a bunch of teams. I had him on like right. one or two. But he's another example of that. So I won't make that mistake again. And I based a lot of my Kentucky team's uh, structure around, like normally I, I faded my second running back way too late in, the, in those drafts every year. This year I was going to make sure I, I wasn't going to do that. But the problem, I, the, what I screwed up doing uh, that process, even though the process improved this, this past year, um, I invested in a second running back earlier than I normally would have. But that second running back, was by and large one of two players. Two players I had I knew I was overweight on and I knew if anything bad happened to him, it was going to be curtains for my teams. And that was Elijah Mitchell and it was Clyde Edwards Alaire. Wow. Elijah Mitchell obviously was terrible um, from the get-go. I mean not terrible, but because of the injury, what have you. And then Edwards Alaire, he was smoking mirrors. Even when he was good guys, he was smoking mirrors. Oh my t- God. The first t- like two,
3: three games he yeah. was put up 20 points, but they were, they were you, you everybody saw it. He was not high volume. You trade him, you would have been a, You would have traded him in a second if he could have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and that was the issue I had this year. So I'm going to do the same. I'm going to repeat the same process as far as second running backs go next year. But I'm going to try to be more diverse with that, which I know Farrell loves because hey, bulky. That means you got to get more teams if you want to be more diverse, which is okay. true. Okay, hey, um, that
1: is a that is a concept. Right. Uh, uh, Dave Tripoli, if you ever do make it to Kentucky, you'll have the the pleasure of uh, meeting. Uh, Kirby and Melissa Barker, a husband and wife team that draft here. He's they're they're really a cool couple. And you know, you think about the really good players. I always think they're a year ahead of me. And Bulky, as I was listening to what you were saying uh, this year, uh, Kirby and Melissa's best team have Tua, Cousins, and Mahomes at quarterback. <laughs> now, naturally, they're playing Mahomes, but you know, it's it's it, and and they didn't overpay for it. Well, and they kept other people from from having those quarterbacks
0: yeah, at, at yeah. a minimum, I guess, so well, there's that point. too. Yeah. Um. a final question here for, for Turk. Well, I, I'll say final question. We'll get We'll rifle through a few starts or sits uh, after this. but Farrell, go ahead and ask uh, ask, okay. us, Number okay, 10 sure. of Dave.
1: We, we, we have had it. we've had some really, really good uh, we, we've had some really good week 17, week 15, week 16, bust and sleepers. And God, we've been through a lot of players tonight, so you're going to be challenged because you can't bring up a guy that we've already talked about. But I need a guy that's going to fail owners if they put him in their lineup this week. And then I need that guy that just may
3: take them to the promised land. Who you failure got? is David Montgomery. Okay. I, I don't believe. Number one, I've always said he's just not that good. Herbert back, Justin Fields with his rushing upside in a, in a game script that, that Detroit still has something to play for. They're not out of the playoff hunt, you know, in, you know, at home, you know, that crowd should be, you know, in a game, first meaningful game. They played this late in the season. And I couldn't tell you how long. Yeah. Stafford days, you know, with, you know, early on Dave Montgomery's my fade guy that I think is under the radar that, you know, should be in, I wouldn't say in lineups. It's tough. Is Marvin Jones. I feel like Jacksonville is a lot of smoke and mirrors right now. I don't feel like they're going to start. They might start the guys, but I don't feel like they're going to play a ton of them, like a ton of snaps. This could be like, a you know, they go up 7 nothing, 14 nothing, and just pull the plug. A guy like Marvin Jones, I think, would stay in the game because, you know, obviously Kirk, A. Jones, Evan Ingram, Lawrence, ETN are guys that I think would be out first. So I feel like he could be like a 5-for-80 and a touchdown type of guy. So they're my two guys. I like them. Thank you.
0: Um, all right, guys, let's go through these because um, it's already <laughs> 11 o'clock in the PM on the East Coast. Um, so we'll get through these as much as we can. I want to go back to the top of the show. Uh, our resident Ivy League professor, Hudson Kern-Reeve, uh, noted FFPC and KFFSC champion, chiming in with a tight end question. David and Joku or Darren Waller this week? Darren Waller, of course, getting the 49ers at home. David Njoku is going to be on the road in our nation's capital taking on the Foreskins. Uh, Farrell, I'll throw this to you first. Who do you like?
1: Um, I'm going to – neither. But I'm going to throw in with Waller here. And I'm going to hope for the same uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, Tyler Higbee magic that that came out in uh, L.A. to, to come uh, for the Vegas Raiders this weekend. So I'll, I'll go Waller. Uh, Terp, I'm going
0: to, I'm going to say, uh, Njoku here. So Turp, you got to break the tie.
3: I'm going Waller too. I, I don't, I don't see anything in Deshaun Watson right now. That makes me think that even I would want to pick him over, Stedham right now. I just feel like it's a good game flow. He'll be dumping awful a lot of passes. It should be a Waller. Nothing special, but he would be my pick.
0: Waller over Njoku say the majority here, uh, Hudson. So hopefully good luck on that. Let's stick with that same game. And we'll go out to, as I bring up my email list here, uh, we'll go up to, no, we'll go over to Miraloma, California. Jake, I've been rolling with Amari Cooper, but do I go with the matchup and play Zay Jones over him this week? Thanks, guys. Jake in Miraloma, California. Terp, I think you just kind of touched on this, that, you know, Zay Jones, because this game means nothing to the Jaguars to get to the postseason, Zay Jones could be a guy who plays a quarter, two quarters, maybe part of the the, the second half. And then that's it with Amari Cooper. um, You'd like to think that he'll be out there gunning the whole game. Uh, You're not a believer in Watson. This doesn't sound like you you love either of these players this week, but if you could only pick one, who's it going to
3: be? I don't love either, but if I had to pick one, it it probably would be Amari Cooper. Like I said, Jacksonville, they could surprise everybody and play him the whole game and just blow the doors off the Texans. But I, I think Cooper is just slightly safer, and that's not saying much. (laughs) <laughs> you
1: guys haven't been paying a hell of a lot of attention to the scoreboard because Texas has been playing some real football as well as covering most of the games. Uh, look, also playing
3: very good secondary.
1: Let's put let's put Zay Jones let's put Zay Jones on the field and go with that guy. And let's forget about Amari Cooper here. That's there's nothing. I, I see a Cleveland team that's quit uh, in the coaching staff and on the field is what I see. So I'm going Zay Jones.
0: Uh, Tim in Baltimore, thank you, Farrell. Uh, Tim in Baltimore, the bagel that Gerald Everett put up last week has me concerned. Would you guys roll with Taysom Hill over him for my championship matchup? Thank you for list uh, watching and uh, writing in, Tim in Baltimore. So the the <clears throat> excuse me, the matchup we have this week uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they're on the road against Terps uh, Eagles in uh, the city of brotherly love. That's Taysom Hill. Then you're looking at Gerald Everett again, uh, going against the Rams, uh, in, uh, well, obviously in Los Angeles. Uh, what, <laughs> which, which way do you fall in this, Farrell? Would you, would you play Everett or, or go with big play Hill?
1: We're looking at these six, seven hundred passes from Herbert, and we realize that the starting tight end, uh, I'm assuming he's the starting tight end, uh, comes out with a donut. And Parham was in the receiving, uh, Parham was all over the field catching balls and and was impressive in doing so. I agree with Dave Tripoli in that the fact that Philadelphia defense will blanket and frustrate New Orleans, when, when they are blanketed and frustrated, they will then go to Taysom Hill and try to create some kind of offense. So consequently, I think he has the ball in his hands from a couple of positions, direct snap as a running back, maybe as a quarterback. Maybe as a tight end, I will just roll the dice and say Taysom Hill has the best chance to give me some
3: points here.
0: You rolling the dice on Taysom Hill as well, Turp? 100% agree. Exactly
3: everything he said.
0: All right, so we got another question um, here from uh, Hudson, and I'll put it up on the screen right now. What to do with Josh Jacobs this week? If you somehow survive and, and got to your championship game um, with Josh Jacobs putting up six against the Steelers, now he gets the the San Francisco 49ers a tougher matchup and where his quarterback is going to be Jarrett Stidham making his first NFL start uh, i i always say i'm a weak man i'm not a strong man i'm playing Josh Jacobs either are you guys strong enough to uh to bench him this week
3: Depends what your lineup? options are and if you there's probably at this point you don't have good options i would sit him if i had a better option but i don't know who you sit him for
1: sharp you would have to convince yourself that the number one rusher in yards in the NFL that you've got a better option on your team. And I don't I mean, think you I do. mean, it's a. I it's don't think you do. You yeah, you would have to convince yourself. Who you, like
3: who do you who do you have that's better? That's even a better like spot. I'm trying yeah. to think of somebody off the top of my head. I can't.
1: I don't think you. I don't think you could do that. And bulky, there's a Mr. Joe King. I represented a Joe King back in the day. A wonderful safety. He says I thought Taysom Hill was just the best ball guy. <laughs> and I think he's right about that. But you know what, um, Mr. Joe King, uh, this week we kind of know what it can be. And so, the, yeah, I, w- I would have him uh, – I, I I only have him on one team, and that team's not in anything. So, yeah, I do think he's the best ball guy. But your point is well taken. We've said that on the show before. But if you've got him on your roster, and if you're Gerald Everett, your other guy, we're saying he'll.
0: Uh, what are we saying to this uh, email from Mike
1: in Jacksonville Beach,
0: Florida? What's up, Farrell and Balky and Terp? Uh, he's been awesome all year, but has the time come to bench Geno Smith for Brock Purdy? Happy New Year. That is Mike in Jacksonville, Florida. We are, we've are we been talking about this Niners-Raiders game a lot. So, Brock Purdy um, taking on the Raiders. Would you rather play him over Geno Smith, who gets the Jets at home? Terp, I'll go to you first on this one.
3: I'm going with Purdy, and I, just, I think he's just safer. I mean, Geno Smith against probably one of the best secondaries in football. I just feel like Purdy is just a safer option. I, I don't really like either of them. I would probably start Mike Mike White, if possible, if he was available, a guy like that, or Minshew, but over both of those two guys. But without that option, I'm taking Purdy.
1: You can't come up with a scenario where Smith scores many, many more points than Purdy. You can't. But he may score less. So, yeah, I, I suppose it has to be the steady Mike Purdy who um uh, What's his first? Bryce. Wow. Bryce, Brock. You know the the thing about it was when when he got the job, everybody called and said the Niners are through. And I said, "What do you mean the Niners are through? You, you know, give this guy a chance." He's, he's and man, has he performed well? It's been a great story for him. Um, I I am agreeing with Terp. I, if Minshew's out there, I'd rather play
0: Minshew. However, if your choices truly are Smith and Purdy, um, the text chain that I saw um, from. Uh, Drew Maselli and Dave the Dizzle Gurzak this week. I don't think there's any bigger fans of Brock Purdy, uh, maybe Brock Purdy's mom, um, than those guys right now. So I am flying high. I would roll with Purdy over Geno Smith as well. Um, last email here. Uh, Chad in Holland, Michigan. Hey guys, now that Mike White is active again, does that mean that Zonovan Knight can be trusted? My other option I'm considering is Tyler Algier. Thank you, Chad, for the email. I'll throw this to you. First here, you have uh Bam Knight, um, who is going up against uh, the Seattle Seahawks in uh, the state of Washington. And then you have um, Tyler Algier, who is going to be um, at home against the Arizona, the the foundering Arizona Cardinals right now. Which one would you play
1: this week? Tyler has the will and the skill. Bulky, you said he couldn't catch passes. He looked good catching one this past week. You know, it, they can't do it until he's done it. This uh, offensive coordinator seems to be directing the ball into the hands of this player. I like this player, and I like what he's done back at BYU. I think he's one of the better rookies that will that will continue to grow his career in the second year. This is my guy this weekend over, um, you know, Seattle. It's tough, tough defenses on both sides of the ball there, and, and you just don't exactly know uh, what's going to happen in that game. But, man, I love the Mike White option, too. Farrell
0: loves Algier. I love Algier. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve and Joe King are both saying Algier. Love perfect. the Joe
3: 100% King. 100% right. agree with all of okay. you. About. All right,
0: perfect. Algier it is. And uh, listen, um, it, it was an easy broadcast tonight with you two pros uh, hanging out with me. I certainly enjoyed it. And Dave, listen, man, thanks uh, so much for hanging out, not only for the full hour, but a little bit beyond uh, the, the full hour as well. We will continue to follow you on Twitter at Dave Turp. We will continue to watch you on the FFPC weekly preview show with Aiden Lacori Licor- uh, that, are you guys going to be doing that for the playoff Playoff challenge, yeah, playoff challenge. Yeah. you will. Okay, all right, will, perfect. Yeah. All right, killer. And good luck in uh, in winning that uh, $200,000 in the uh, best ball tournament, man. I, uh, could be awesome, an awesome, awesome beginning to twenty I'm excited. I'm, a, We're I'm rooting for to run you. Good. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much for hopping aboard, man. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again soon. You guys have a good one. Thank you so much. That is Dave Tripoli, ladies and gentlemen a 10-time FFPC main event Football Guys uh, League uh, champion and a finalist in the 2023 FFPC Best Ball Tournament. Good to talk to him uh, tonight, Farrell, uh, and awesome stuff from you as well. I I feel like uh, this hour always flies by. I was really worried about how well I'd hold up tonight, especially when I just keep thinking about my pillow the whole time. (laughs) I just want to pass out on there. But you've helped make it through for me. You helped this uh, show. Uh, throughout the entire span of 2022. So thank you to you, sir, as well.
1: You made Christmas Day come together for all those kids in your house, and all I did was uh, sit in the easy chair, uh, watch football, and uh, <laughs> work on my concoctions of bourbon and, and cough syrup. So, uh, you know, you, Falky, you've had a week, and you're you're holding up well and you're doing it good. I can't wait to see you on Super Bowl Sunday weekend. It,
0: it's it, it'll be a lot of fun. I I, I hope I can make it happen because I was disappointed. I missed it last year. No, oh, there's there's
1: no hope. You've already got a room reserved. Well, all right. Zone. Well, I
0: understand. I understand all that. There's things I have to take care of on my end, but I'm going to try my best. Listen, to do it. Those things will uh, take
1: care of themselves. If
0: yeah, listen, I hope they do. I hope hmm. they do because there's nowhere I'd rather be than uh, Louisville, hanging out with you guys, not only watching the Super Bowl, maybe placing some, some wagers, and of course, the best part, drafting twenty twenty. Well, we
1: games. we won't have Maselli there. But we'll have Turp there because the Niners will be in the super well, that's we right. Should, we should have talked about that while he was on the, the Well uh, when
0: he wins the best ball tournament, we'll have him back next year. Or actually, as Hudson pointed out in the uh in the chat, when Evan Engram falls flat this week, Turp will come back and, and own up to the whole Engram love thing. Well, it's
1: it's you know, it's 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 either gold or the outhouse for Ingram, you know, that's what he's delivered all year. 15 targets last week, I think. Yeah, it's, it's insane.
0: Um, it is never the outhouse with the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. It is always gold with Kentucky fantasy football state championship boss, Jay Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much for hopping aboard tonight. A happy new year to you, man. And we will do this again next week. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, popping aboard tonight on the final HSFF Hour show, episode 601 of the high stakes fantasy Footballer. I want to thank him. I want to thank Dave Tripoli, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and Of course, each and every one of you, for hanging out and watching this tonight. Uh, As I said before, we are live next uh, Friday at 10, 9 central. I don't have a guest booked yet. And, and it's because I want to see uh, if we can get some availability for um, some of the people who are winning six, maybe even a seven figure grand prize uh, this week. So we'll have a champion next week, uh, this coming Friday, and it's going to be an awesome show. Uh, in case you missed, uh, speaking of people who could win a seven-figure grand prize, Norm Barons, the second-place owner in the FFPC main event heading into the final leg of the championship round was my guest on the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown this past Tuesday. rotovizcom slash podcast, or you can watch the video right here on YouTube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. High Stakes uh, Lowdown returning live on Tuesday night with the seventh-place team owner in the FFPC main event championship round. Matt Berman will be chopping it up with me on Tuesday night We'll get the immediate fallout from um, how he did in the championship round and uh, what all went down, uh, what's going to happen over the next 72 hours. It's going to be a lot of fun. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network goes live Wednesday night at 10, 9 Central on the Better Sports Network app, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. My guest co-host this week is Fantasy Points. Liam Murphy uh, is going to join me and I believe we'll have a programming note um, I think we are not nothing official yet, but I think we might be switching nights um, now that the NFL season is over uh, for the high stakes fantasy football show. Tune into that on Wednesday night. So you can uh, get all the skinny on when to watch that going forward, play the FFPC weekly challenge at myffpc.com. You don't have to worry about a draft or a salary cap. Uh, you can play the 10 team format without kickers and defenses uh 10 player format without kickers and defenses. The 12 player format, with kickers and defenses, um, and you could play for a $35 entry fee, a $200 entry fee in a 100-team pool, a 30-team pool, or the 10-team pool, where if you just beat those other nine players, um, you will win a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event. So you can try, try and win a million-dollar grand prize, and you can be the second-ever FFPC millionaire. As We'll be crowning our first one in about a week here. Uh, not a week, um, uh, in just a few days. Uh, the FFPC World Playoff, uh, World Famous Playoff Challenge and the Football Guys Playoff Challenge live at myffpc.com as well. $200 can uh, turn into five hundred dollars for you uh, in the FFPC version and the Football Guys version. Just $35 to enter and you can win hundred dollars there. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with all your friends and get notified so you never miss an episode of anything we have here on the FFPC YouTube channel, be it live draft coverage weekly previews the road of his high stakes slowdown, the high stakes fantasy football hour the pros versus joe's coverage that's all right here click the notification bell and then you will always be notified the next time we are going live happy new year everybody your holiday weekend officially starts now <music> I know we are in the business of uh, the FFPC and the football guys Playoff uh, player's championship here. Um, and we dedicate a lot of the show to the championship round. I also understand we have a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers that don't necessarily um, have a team going uh, in that sweat this weekend, but they might have um, a championship round in their local league, their office league, their basement league, their friends league, their family league, whatever it is. Um, so I just want to wish a good luck to everybody. Um, who has uh, watched the show over the course of the year, listened to the show over the course of the year. Hopefully we helped you get there. Hopefully we offered some advice tonight that will help you bring home those fantasy titles. Uh, I hope the ball bounces your way in week 17. Um, it's going to be a very entertaining weekend of fantasy football, and I, I wish nothing but the best to each one of you. Uh, as another aside tonight, as um, as I, uh, I I don't know if anybody knows this, but I uh, one of my degrees I have from – from college um was a journalism degree and um i just want to give a shout out to the family of barbara walters who passed away tonight rest in peace to one of the great journalists we've had in the uh 20th century and then continued in the 21st century barbara walters passes away at 93 uh this evening uh don't want to end it on a sad note but we will rest in peace barbara walters good luck in week 17 everybody